Hey friends, welcome back to The Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden. I'm your host of this podcast, and I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today we are moving into Judges chapter 4 and looking at some surprising situations with a surprising judge and a surprising judgment. In the Old Testament uh, Israel, we don't often see women in leadership roles. But today we see a woman by the name of Deborah, who is the judge, the national leader for the whole country, in a time where the nation did not want to move forward in battle unless she would go with them. It was a surprising situation that ended up with a surprising result and shows us some interesting things about how God works through people we don't expect and brings about results and consequences we would not have thought of. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this situation, on surprising situations. One of the surprising leaders in our world this year has been President Volodymyr Zelensky of Ukraine. He was born into a Jewish family in central Ukraine and grew up speaking Russian. He obtained a law degree from the Kiev National Economic University and then became a comedian. He created his own production company that produced films, cartoons, and TV shows. He produced a TV series called Servant of the People, where he played the president of Ukraine. The show aired from 2015 to 2019. In 2019, he announced his candidacy to become the actual president of Ukraine. As a political outsider, he ended up winning the election with over 73% of the vote. He positioned himself as an anti-establishment, anti-corruption president. He sought to unite the Ukrainian-speaking and Russian-speaking parts of the country, led the country through the COVID pandemic, and communicated a lot on social media. As a former actor and comedian, a lot of people did not take him seriously, until Russia attacked Ukraine earlier this year. Russia, along with many others around the world, thought that Ukraine would quickly collapse and surrender to the mighty Russian army. But that never happened. Zelensky dug in his heels and he fought back. He united his country's people against Russia's unjustified attack. He revived NATO, which had been a floundering organization for years. The war with Russia continues to drag on. But against all odds, the Ukrainian army and the Ukrainian people continue to fight, inspired by a president who believes in his country and who has motivated his people to come together against their common enemy. They are not giving up. They have surprised people all over the world 
by doing what many people thought could not be done. When we come to chapter 4 in the book of Judges, we discover another surprising leader for the nation of Israel, a woman by the name of Deborah. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 3, begins this way. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. <clears throat> so the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Herosheth Hagoyim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. The situation for Israel begins with the cycle of sin we talked about before where Israel disobeyed God, he gave them over to their enemies, and then they cried out to God. Like Ukraine trying to stand up to mighty Russia, <clears throat> Israel was trying to stand up to Sisera's mighty army. And probably nobody thought they could do that. <clears throat> Chapter 4 is about two things a surprising judge, and a surprising judgment. First of all, the surprising judge is a national leader by the name of Deborah. Chapter 4, verses 4 through 10 says this. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah, between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinoam, from Kedesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you ten thousand men of Naphtali and Zebulun and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kedesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. At this time, Israel was a patriarchal society. That means that almost all of the leaders were men. It's very surprising to find a woman leading the nation at this place and time. She must have had the leadership skills, the character, and the respect of the people to be elevated to this position as the judge of the nation. Verse 4 tells us that she was a prophet, a wife, 
and the leader of the country. The nation was facing a crisis. They had been cruelly oppressed for 20 years. The people were crying out for help. What would she do? Being a prophet meant that she preached and taught the word of God to the people. Verse 5 tells us that she held court. This was not a queen's court like the Queen of England. This was an actual courtroom where people brought their disputes and she settled their disagreements. She was recognized as a wise counselor and judge. Among the judges of Israel, Deborah is unique in that she was not a warrior. She was not a general. She was not a military person. At this time, Barak was the general over the army, and she directed him to take his men and go out into battle. Barak's reply is interesting. He says, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you do not go with me, I will not go. That's a surprising response. Again, she's not a military person. She doesn't go into battle. Barak is the warrior. But he has so much confidence in her. He has so much respect for her. He doesn't want to take on this challenge without her support. It's surprising that at this time we would see a man humble himself to a woman like this. But that didn't bother Barak at all. He wanted to win the battle. The situation was so dire, he knew he needed to win the battle, and he was willing to do whatever needed to be done to win. He was not too proud to humble himself to a woman, probably the most respected person in the land. She agreed to go, but she tells him the honor of the victory will not be his, but that the Lord will deliver the evil Sisera into the hands of a woman. There's an old cliche that says you can accomplish much if you don't care who gets the credit. Barak didn't care who got the credit. And as a result, he won the battle. And he was okay with God delivering the victory into the hands of a woman. Barak shows us that faith is listening to God at every stage in life, and in every circumstance. Faith is courage in the face of overwhelming odds. Even though Sisera had 900 chariots that could cut through 10,000 soldiers like a hot knife through butter, Barak was willing to go and fight. It also shows us that faith is humble and does not seek honor and attention. Barak obeyed God and led his army into a very difficult battle. He knew the victory would be given to someone else, and he would not end up being the ruler of the nation. But he was a humble leader, and he was fine with someone else getting the glory for the victory. 
he had faith in God. He had more confidence in Deborah than he did in himself. Deborah was a surprising judge. She was the right woman in the right place at the right time. The second part of chapter 4 is about the surprising judgment. Chapter 4, verses 14 to 22. <clears throat> then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Harasheth Hagoyim, and all Sisera's troops fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazer, and the family of Heber the Kenite. Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, Come, my lord, come right in, don't be afraid. So he entered her tent, and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said, please give me some water. She opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes by and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. But Jael, Heber's wife, picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep, exhausted. She drove the peg through his temple into the ground, and he died. Just then, Barak came by in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you're looking for. So he went in with her, and there lay Sisera, with the tent peg through his temple, dead. So Barak and the Israelites were successful in defeating Sisera and his army, just as God said they would. But the way God worked out his judgment is kind of surprising to us and just a little hard to understand. In trying to run away from death, Sisera actually runs into his death. Back in those days in Israel, the setting up and the taking down of the tents was considered to be women's work. That was a job the women took care of. <clears throat> that means the tent peg and the hammer that J.L. used to kill Sisera were basically <clears throat> a woman's household tools. In those days, death at the hands of a woman would have been particularly humiliating for a man. Why does he die this way? The next chapter will tell us that Sisera was a very bad man who used to steal and rape and enslave women. 
he would conquer other peoples and turn some of the women into his sex slaves. So for him to die a humiliating death at the hands of a woman may have been the appropriate judgment for the crimes against women he was so used to committing. Judges chapters 4 and 5 are framed around the actions of these two women, Deborah and Jael. Deborah leads Israel under Sisera's oppression, and Jael ends his reign of rape and terror. After making the lives of many women hellish nightmares, it is two women who bring him down. The irony is that a man who used women as objects is killed by a womanly object. So what is the lesson for us as we read this surprising story about a surprising judge and a surprising judgment? The lesson is not that it's okay for us to go around killing people. It's not okay for us to take our hammers and drive nails through other people's heads. That's not the lesson of the story. The lesson of the story is that God will not be mocked. People will eventually be judged for their evil actions. There are consequences for our sins. The lesson is that God will win in the end. There are blessings for us when we obey God and when we go into the difficult battles of this world, trusting that God is leading us and trusting God for the outcomes of the challenges of our day. The lesson is that we are to be humble like Barak. He wasn't too proud to ask for help from a woman. He didn't care that somebody else was going to get the credit for winning the battle. He knew he needed help and he wasn't afraid to ask for it. He was willing to collaborate with other people and work as a team to do what needed to be done. The lesson is that God's hand is at work behind everything. God is behind all of our successes and he deserves the honor and the praise for our victories. The lesson is to look for how God is at work in our life situations. God will bring down evil people, and those who love the Lord will prevail in the end. The lesson is that we don't always understand God's ways, but people's crimes against others have a way of coming back on themselves. We don't have to worry about judging other people or getting revenge against other people because at the right time and in the right way, God will take care of that. The lesson is that God will triumph over evil and people will be held to account for their actions there will be punishment for wrongdoing and vindication for those who obey God. 
We don't have to worry about our judgment because Jesus already took care of that for us on the cross. The cross is not just the only place where we are justified. It's also the proof that God does judge and he does punish sin. The resurrection tells us that there will be a judgment for those who are unrepentant, who hurt others and don't care that they do, who don't feel bad about the evil they do, and who don't change their ways even when given the chance. The death and resurrection of Christ fundamentally changes our attitude towards our enemies. We want to see justice done, and we know that justice will be done, but it won't be done by us. It will be done by God. We pray for justice, and we trust that God always knows the right thing to do at the right place at the right time. The story of Deborah in the book of Judges arises out of the cycle of sin that keeps repeating itself throughout the book. The people slowly turn away from God. They have a half-hearted faith. They're a faithful but flawed people. They fall into trouble. When things get so bad, they finally cry out to God. They turn back to God and God always returns to save them and make things right. And then the cycle repeats itself. Deborah's leadership arose out of a time of crisis, decades of misery for their nation. In the same way that Volodymyr Zelensky has become a surprising leader in Ukraine this year, Deborah became a surprising leader in Israel in the time of the judges. As a result of her leadership, God brought about a surprising judgment. We need to stay open to being surprised by God and surprised at the people God chooses to raise up as our leaders. We don't always understand God's ways, but he will deal with those who are unrepentant about their evil. We need to act with faith and courage, being willing to go into difficult situations when God sends us, and trusting in his promises that he will always bring about the best outcomes that honor him and set things right. The Bible in the book of Judges is telling us that God will make everything right in the end. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.